0: I feel like I'm going to burp into the mic now that we're starting. <laughs> Welcome to Art Gab. I'm Ashley. And I'm Kendra. And we have a special guest here today. Do you want to give the introduction? Yeah, sure. This is Mark
1: Takaguchi. He is a local artist. Mark Takaguchi grew up in Chicago. He attended the City University of London, as well as University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana. He has a B.S. in psychology and an M.A. in art education. He also went to the Skowhegan School of Painting and Sculpture in Skohegan, Maine. Um, and then he has his M.F.A. from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. He has shown his work all over, um, including the Luggage Store Gallery in San Francisco, David Betzel Gallery in New York, the Art Center Corvallis, Oregon, um, Civic Art League in Palo Alto, California, as well as very recently at WorkSound International Gallery here in Portland. Also, something kind of interesting is he uh, worked on the installation crew in 1991 with Christo and Jean Claude on the Umbrellas project down in California. Uh, Mark Takaguchi. Welcome to Art, Gab. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. It's great yeah. to be here. And if you want more um, about his bio, you can check out his website at Um I also meant to mention um, that he's lived in Chicago, San Francisco, and Portland, and he's also a teacher. So all of that is very important in his bio. So so welcome, Mark. Welcome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's
2: exciting.
0: It's today's Memorial Day. How was your guys' weekend? you guys doing anything fun? It was good.
2: You, you want to go first? Or? You go first. Okay. Um, well, yesterday I went for a hike with my family, uh, except for my youngest son who refuses to go on hikes anymore. Um, he was with friends, but we went to a hike um, just before the gorge and uh, outside of Camas. And it was really beautiful. The weather was these amazing clouds in the sky. Made me want to like start painting clouds, which I don't really do, do in my work, but it was um, inspirational. Um and it just just reminds me how important it is to get out in nature. The weather's been kind of weird here in Portland the past couple of weeks. Um, so it's really great to have a beautiful day and take advantage of it. What did you guys do?
0: Um, I ran around a lot yesterday because I'm packing to go to South Carolina to um, see my friend. So I'll have a lot of art stories when I get back from there. She like sent me all these, like she's been listening to our podcast. So oh, nice. she's wow. been learning about art, and wow. she's, like, scoping out art in South Carolina for us to check out, and so that'll be pretty fun.
3: Cool. Yeah. That's great. We have two listeners now. We have two. Yeah. L- <laughs> <laughs> it's growing, guys. It's growing.
0: <laughs> um, Our mom and Sadie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. It's Aubie. He's out there, too. So that's three. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> my weekend uh, was pretty kind of uneventful, just... Stayed at home and painted and had a barbecue yesterday with his family. My grandma came up. Grandma came. Oh she did? Yeah, cool. Yeah, grandma great. And Oliver took advantage of the sunshine and decided to put a bunch of bubbles in his swimming pool and fill that up and go swimming. Yeah. Naked. He took his clothes off and for the whole neighborhood. He
0: he's Living his best life,
1: he is. Yes, he is.
0: it's
2: officially the start of summer now. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Very cool. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about your art. And uh, do you want to describe um, who you are and what you do? Mm-hmm. Um, we have some awesome paint, some just a few of your paintings in front of us. So,
2: yeah. So I'm an artist. I've uh, been sort of out of the closet as an artist uh, since. Um, Right before grad school, probably uh, it was something that I, I always I grew up enjoying it uh, a lot. But I my family's from a like a lower middle class background, so like they didn't know what an artist was, right? It's not it's not something people actually did and uh, made a living or could survive. So um, uh, in grad school, you know, I, even, and to this day, I kind of think like it's I still think it's really difficult to make uh, a living. But for me, being an artist is is an identity. It's um, a core part of who I am. It's uh, one of the things that I enjoy doing, activities I enjoy doing most in life. And, um, and I went through a lot of different stages. Um, when I went to grad school, it was a time when, you know, one of the many times when painting was dead. And so to be a painter in grad school was to kind of be really old school and kind of retrograde. And so I went through this period where I was really questioning. My paintings got bigger. They turned into installations. I was really influenced by people like Ann Hamilton, um, another installation artist in the early 90s. Um, And so I stopped painting for a little while. And then I came back to painting um, a few years later and kind of had to admit that this is is the work that really called to me. It was the thing that felt... um, uh, most satisfying and also the most challenging. And even though it was kind of not fashionable and still probably not fashionable in terms of art forms, it's just, it's who I am. And so I really embrace it.
0: Um, so what what's your process like?
2: Yeah, well, I, I stumbled onto this kind of methodology um, as I was painting. This is probably in the mid 2000s. Um, my wife and I were looking for a couch and we had to find the perfect couch. And it took I mean, it literally took over a year. Like, so during that time it was we were getting all these furniture catalogs, and um, as I started flipping through these catalogs, I, I realized like, wow, these these images are beautiful, and they're um, the light, the color, the the compositions, and then it kind of started me on this path where I started looking at artists like Vermeer and um, like Dutch seventeenth century paintings, which weren't things that I really. Um, looked at before. So it kind of opened up this new uh, area of art history and of the history of, um, of advertising and, and, um, but, and, and even photography. And then I just decided like, wow, you know, I can't, I could never like think of this on my own. So I just started painting these images from Crate and Barrel and, and Pottery Barn. Um, and I started calling it furniture porn because I realized as we were looking for this couch, all these other people are doing the same thing looking for this perfect home that's that you can purchase, right? And, and and the kind of desires beneath that that wanting to have the perfect home are things like, you know, having, what does the perfect home mean? It means like you're settled. It means that you're happy. It means that you have a certain kind of family. Um, so all these aspirations were tied to this, and that was really interesting to me. So since then, I've been continuing to work from these these furniture catalogs, although the work has gotten further and further away from the um, initial image. And um, I'm trying to mix in my love of uh, really abstract painting and uh, actually abstract expressionist, like more expressionist kind of painting to actually fight these images that are so well curated and put together. And they're um, meticulous and airless in a certain way. And I want my work to be um, uh, to be in conversation or dialogue with that kind of sense of perfection.
0: I was wondering, because um, a lot of your theme it looks like rooms and furniture, mm-hmm. and I was yeah. kind of, I like the whole story behind it,
1: like what makes a home, what makes it yeah. interesting. Yeah. I never would have thought of that. So. You know, when you mentioned catalogs, it reminds me, um, have you guys seen the movie Fight Club? Yes. Do you remember that scene where his apartment is just like coming, it's just coming into being from the the, cat, the Ikea catalog? I'm using my hands to describe oh, yeah, this yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? And he's just like.
3: Yeah, he's like obsessed with IKEA, like furnishing his house with IKEA. Yeah, things.
1: right. Yeah, it oh. kind of reminds me of that, and it totally was about him filling this void that he wasn't sure, like, sure how to fill.
3: Exactly.
2: exactly.
0: It's exactly. interesting that you brought up a couch because, like, I shopped forever for a couch, <laughs> and I'm still not <laughs> sure I'm satisfied with it. <laughs> and, like, it's very it's, like time-consuming, and yeah. Huh. I know. Oh man, it's tiring just thinking about it. But (laughs) (laughs) it's like so. Like I could, I could visualize you, like the really well manicured um, sets of furniture in the catalog. It's neat how you kind of took it a step further and made it almost like kind of like whimsical. So like, is that the abstract part you're talking about? Like, you just kind of. It almost looks like watercolors, but is it? Yeah. Is no, it? it's, it's all oil. Is um, it? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, very pretty.
2: Thank you. Um, yeah, I, the, the most recent body of work has really been, um, starting out with kind of, um, a, a really abstract ground or, or, or background. And, um, you know, I've been interested in the, the last few years with um, doing work that really reflects the kind of, um, political and social moment that's, for me, it's felt very disruptive and, um, kind of sense of uh, displacement and i kind of i like that that the kind of chaos of of what we're living through and and experiencing um can infect this interior this kind of um this domestic space i mean because that's definitely what it's felt like to me in in an interesting way maybe like i'm more connected to to the external world but it's also it feels like i've been infected in a way um and it's um Scary and um, unsettling, um, but maybe also in, in terms of like making paintings about that feeling, there, there's maybe a sense of a dynamic energy and excitement, hopefully as well. So, um,
1: yeah, that was going to be my next question. It's like, yeah, definitely. I get the I get the feeling that you're ta- you're talking about these things, the anxieties um, in response to politics and society. But what do you think painting what do you think painting's role in all of this is
2: and can be? Yeah, I mean, I th- you know one of the things that painting does, I think the painting does really well is it slows things down. You know, um, it, it it's a really old way of looking. I mean, looking at a static image that's been handmade is such such a um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It it really goes against you know the the ubiquity of of Uh, And how easy images are to both um, create and and um, devour today. Mm -hmm. So painstakingly making an image is is dumb in a certain way, but I think the process of 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 that slow process of making it forces you to focus. It it uh, makes you pay attention to things that if if you if you are taking a photograph or working in a, a different media might not be as, as, as evident. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really like that process. And I've always liked the process of looking at paintings in museums or galleries, because um, it forces me to slow down. It forces me to um, pay attention to all parts of an image. And I think that that investment is something that I think painting can, can do really well, is, is slow things down, make us pay attention and make us invest in reading something in a more deep way. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's at least what I hope will be a, a response to my work. When, you know, But I think that question of, like, why would anyone look at a painting today is a really interesting question, and I don't know that there is a great answer other than it does things that faster media uh, don't do.
1: Right. I think I read an article, I think it was David Hockney, that said, that when you go into a gallery, and you see a painting, um, I think his, I think his quote was actually in response to seeing artwork online versus in person, but he said, when you go into a gallery, and you see a painting in person, you see the brushstroke, and because you could see the brushstroke, you could imagine the person in the studio doing, making that brushstroke, and thereby, maybe this is me just saying, but because you can imagine that, you're like reminded of, it's a humanity thing, right? right? You're reminded there are people that do this. They go to their studio every day. and um, It's kind of beautiful, right? Right, right. I mean, right, the labor, right? Yeah. The,
2: the, that ten- sense of investment is like, why would a human being spend this much time yeah. doing this thing when there are easier ways to create an image, mm-hmm. right? And that that investment or that dedication um, does have some meaning, right? It, it, for me, it makes me want to pay closer attention. Why was this image, why is this, um, this, um, material thing that somebody makes, why was it in, in, for them worth that, that, um, that time and and effort that was put into it. And that just makes me look, want to look closer.
0: Like speaking of time, like how long is there an average time that it takes for you to make your paintings or is it ones you come back to or...
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm really bad at finishing paintings. Um, so, uh, if they're sitting around, I will come back to them. And, and usually, um, the, the beginning parts of a painting are, are done fairly quickly. So I, I sort of am able to sketch them out and to get them to a level of, of structure and, 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 um, not completeness, but, but just, um, like a, like a, like a skeleton fairly quickly. Like even the big ones take probably less than a month to get to that point. But then what I also do is I I usually put them away for a while because I want to look at them fresh. I mean, I know other painting painters I've talked to experience this, but I have this thing where, um, paintings can get too precious. So, you know, I like parts of a painting and I get too wedded to them and, um, they, because I, I I'm I'm too invested in these in these parts, I'm I'm afraid to take new chances, and so that can be like the death of a pain. Like you're working around this one area that that you want to keep no matter what, and that um, sometimes just creates um, unbalance. Or um, so I, I I put it away for a while so that I could look at it with fresh eyes and kind of attack it again and really s- see if I can bring that same level of um, Energy and intensity that that began the painting, mm-hmm. so usually they they take at least a few months, but not all that time is like active painting on them.
0: And I see like that color is a big part in your paintings. Is there Why is there a story behind the colors you pick, or is it?
2: I think um, color for me is really intuitive. Um, I I was doing um, in the early part of the kind of furniture porn stuff. I was really interested in kind of pulling away the color, like really working in a more monochrome kind of way. Um, and that at that time, I was looking a lot at Luke Toyman's, who, whose work I, I respect and, and like a lot. Um, and I think also part of it was being in the Bay Area and, and the part we, we lived in the west part of San Francisco, which is very foggy. So everything is always covered by this kind of beautiful, but this this kind of mist.
1: Right? Oh, kind of like this painting. Uh, yeah down, downpour yeah yeah of 2017 has this like yeah kind of if I remember it's like a, a, uh it's just like mostly pink like
2: light pink so right right? Yeah. right right um uh, although I think since I moved up here I've I, I think the light here and the and the and the palette is for me is brighter than it was in San Francisco so um but it, but in terms of why I use color or how I use color it is pretty intuitive i i um i just have a tendency to work with um complementaries like Mm -hmm. you know it's if if there's a green then then i'll put a red in or if it's a you know a purple then then kind of a yellow like that i like i like the dynamic um push of back and forth um and i'm interested in using colors that um aren't necessarily immediately recognizable like, so, um, you know, a, a brown or a gray that may be, you know, closer to a green or like th- things that are kind of on that, that border of recognition, just cause I think it's, it's, um, you know, they're more engaging for me to kind of be in this in-between place. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I like that idea that painting exists in this world that's kind of beyond words, and so if it's harder to describe the the colors, then you're kind of doing that. you're yeah. letting it just exist on its own. and I see that for sure in that painting um deluge two thousand and seventeen It's on your website as well. It's like it has this weird gray green down here,
0: yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like it's gray, but it's not, it's it's like almost a brand new color <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's really fun. To, to look at. But
1: then, yeah, you have these other colors, like you said, that are um, much more vibrant. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in early frost, you have the bright greens. feels very um, feels like the it feels like the Willamette Valley to me. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of some parks, like um, what's that park in Salem, Ashley, next to Bush Barn.
0: Oh, uh, Bush Park. Bush, well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the one where we got photographed with Megan.
0: Oh, deep wood.
1: Deep wood. Oh, yes, right name. You should go there. There's a lot yeah. of uh moss
0: okay. and greens and yeah. but I love the pop of the orange mm-hmm. orange tones. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so that right, exactly that painting there's kind of this um almost like forested kind of cool winter palette and then and then I purposely put in that kind of hot orange just to kind of you know, pop it out. Yeah.
1: So this is such an art word, but um, your paintings have a, have a lot of duality going yes. on. This That's feels good. like yeah. both an interior space and an exterior space, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. also a lot of these are very idealized. But then there's also this weird decaying or like mm-hmm. falling apart quality. Um, I, this is not a question. I'm just pointing that out. <laughs>
0: there no, you go. I, I, no. <laughs> thank you for picking Why up on that. that. I mean
2: that that is something that um, you know I'm really interested in in um, exploring through my work because it's you know again going back to this moment of of um unrest and 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 divisiveness and and stress um there's also something beautiful that that can come out of that right and and these paintings like sometimes the best part of a painting is when I get mad and just kind of I wouldn't say splash paint but I you know there's an erasure or there's there's an act of, of violence of messing something up and that that creates this this beautiful thing. So I think that there's there's definitely, like you were saying, a metaphor in there about creation being maybe close to destruction, and and um, the things that seem like they're um, negative can also be looked at in a different way, and or become a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so those I think those those really elemental forces are definitely things I'm interested in exploring in this the the newest body of work. Is that why
1: they're titled the way
2: they are yeah um they, yeah they're they're titled um mainly on kind of weather uh events or or because um, I feel like we're all swimming in this um in this in environment now where uh you know literally there are more storms and, and 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 things happening but it also feels like to me that way is like emotionally right like like the painting cyclone is about that that sense of being in, in encroached by a really strong external force or external forces and um and yet you know the kind of um the furniture in that uh, or or there are parts of of that painting that are still kind of locked down or trying to be to, trying to withstand the storm or the or the forces swirling around
1: yeah it's I like, like- it's I amazing. love that one, too, the sky. You yeah. s- definitely get the, the violence. and
0: I get that, but I also get, like, I keep feeling like cherry blossoms
1: or something. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, that's, I think that's... It's very cool.
1: What is one thing you would like to change about the art world?
2: Wow. Um, I guess the, the one thing that I'd like to change about the art world, um, and this is, this is a personal thing because of where I'd like to see my work in... I think we there's so many talented artists that are working now and um, there are limited museum spaces and, and, and gallery spaces. Um, and so the art world has all kinds of problems, but what I would love to see is um, just regular people be able to um, access art, to afford art, and to maybe have um, more of an appreciation or, or um, a desire to have um, living artists have work that's in their homes um, yeah. so that's i i, I mean a, a lot of a lot of my work um the few work that I have in in, in people's collection um I really like because it they're living with them, yeah. and so that's to me that's like the it's great to have you're working in a gallery, but after you know a, a month your your work's down again and it's like in storage so I like um the uh, having my paintings like sitting above somebody's couch. In their room that they that they live with every day, and that becomes part of their lives. So that's kind of one one of the goals for my work. And so I'd like to see the art world, or maybe the non-art world, be more amenable to to just like having everybody have real art.
1: You know, we talked to Anya yesterday, and she said the same thing. Oh, interesting. Basically, um, or I mean, wasn't response to that exact question. It was just in conversation, and and yeah, like it's. I don't know if it's a Portland thing or if it's just everywhere, but the idea of buying art seems unattainable to some people. And maybe... Hi, Edie. Um, Maybe it's... uh, um, Maybe it's helpful to remind everybody that the galleries take payment plans (laughs) and artists will take payment plans. Artists will also do trades. Right, right. Yeah. I have an acupuncturist that I trade with.
0: Well, that and just like... (laughs) um, Artists don't need to be the only ones supporting artists. Like it'd be right. neat if like the general public got more involved in it mm-hmm. and know that there's things out there that could interest all types of people. So,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: How do we make it happen? Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't know. Gotta put up
0: flyers on everybody's door. We should start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great start. <laughs> okay, so you grew up in Chicago. Um, let's see. What was your strongest memory of your childhood, and did that shape your approach to art? Like, did you have a lot of art growing up? Did you draw a lot? Did you?
2: I drew a lot, and um, my uh, my mom was was really creative, and my sister actually painted. Um, my older sister, I, I, I saw she she did a painting of of our German Shepherd, probably when she was in her young married mid twenties or something. And I remember being I don't know she's 18 years older than me so seven or eight I'm thinking wow this is this is amazing like she could paint she could paint our dog <laughs> um, but I think you know some of my earliest memories when I think back on being a little kid I don't have a lot of early memories but I do have these kind of snippets that almost feel like some of the paintings I'm making because they're for some reason they seem really blurry mm-hmm. like I remember one Christmas um, walking around my aunt's house and you know we had this sort of my dad had lots of aunts and or lots of sisters that, that kind of took care of me and they would always have like drawing implements. But this one Christmas, um, the lights were kind of down and my dad had just gotten a lava lamp and he, he was just like totally into it. Like you know, you know, Totally, my dad was really conservative <laughs> and didn't like understand the kind of stoner aspect of it. But like we were just sitting around watching this lava lamp go up and down and I just um, have a strong memory of like just the light in the room. And that kind of really slow meditative um, space where everyone was kind of zoned. We probably all eaten a lot, right? So you're kind of like. um, Some people
1: watch TV. Yeah. Some people watch lava lamps. (laughs) So, you know, I don't think,
2: you know, it's not something like my family, like always sat around watching lava lamps. But it was just this weird thing that (laughs) remains like a strong memory. And it just something about that, the light in the room and the kind of ambiance just is an early memory.
0: You can almost see that sometimes in your paintings. Yeah, yeah. It Maybe you're in like a room that. with a lava. Lamp.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, especially I, I think early Frost has that for sure. It's just the colors, but also like the the weightlessness. Like a dreamlike. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. yeah. Have you had any memorable responses
2: to your artwork? Oh gosh, um most of the responses are at openings are are terrible. Honestly, as in my experience, um, people say, "Oh, you know, good job," or "You know, that's great." Um, I think one of, one of the most powerful responses, and it, it was a friend of mine, like, who's, um, like my oldest childhood friend saw um, a show of mine and he said, just like unbidden, and he, he, it's not like a, he's a so, super poetic guy, like we, you know, we're, we're kind of comic books and like rock and roll music and stuff, but he just said like, looking at your work makes me realize how fragile the world is. Um, and I never forgot that because I was like, wow what a that was a great response and like he was picking up on something that i wasn't necessarily intending but i but upon reflection like that is the way i feel um that things are really fragile and and, and um and uh yeah i don't know there there, there's a profundity there that um he just articulated in a way that that i n- never thought about so that, that was a great response
1: yeah I like that. That's yeah. That's very powerful. Like, one, it's like the. I mean, looking through a catalog at, at couches, it it's a nice way to escape and forget about that fragility yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. And it's a. It feels solid. It feels like right. You know, hit you hit. Purchase and it feels like you've
2: accomplished something, even though you've really just hit a button. Right. Right. <laughs> but right. No, that's, that's. I think that's a. That's a really good insight. It's like this. There's a sense of. So much of what we do in um, you know, our regular lives or our jobs or day-to-day or interactions are these things that are, um, you know, I mean, th- they're purposeful, but, but you know, they may mask these other deeper anxieties or or, or fears or, or wishes. And, you know, again, art, to me, like that's that's where art plays, not just my art, but really good art kind of opens you up to, to looking and thinking and experiencing the world in, in a different way. You know, I won't say more more deeply, but, um, yeah, it just, just opens you up in a different way.
0: So, like, what artist do you think needs more recognition and why? Or do you have any artists that really stand out
2: to you? Canva Larson is a, oh, geez. an artist. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's you. Ben. That is you. <laughs> <laughs> um It It's hard. I mean, I think there's so many talented artists. Um and you know i think part of the problem is that i i don't know enough of the ones that that um, are deserving of more recognition because they're not in in the catalogs or the museums you know what what one interesting thing that i, I like to do when i when i go to a museum is see um, a painting not by a famous artist or or a painting by an artist who is famous but it's not like part of their their well-known style and that to me is really interesting cuz that kind of tells me that they're um as artists we're often experimenting and I think developing a style and developing a really successful style i I guess that's why I really respect like Philip Gustin and other artists who are willing to take these big chances and really change up the way that they work or the, or or um to risk you know not having um success because they've changed the a style that's been successful
1: yeah, and, you know uh, actually. The Portland Art Museum. I used to think that, oh, man, we don't have any famous pieces. This is like kind of a lame museum. But now actually thinking about it and hearing you say that, I mean, we have a lot of amazing art at the Portland Art Museum. It's just not the the well-known pieces by those artists. So I'm thinking of um, there's a a few Morris Graves. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a – I think that there's a few – there's a Milton Avery there yeah, that are yeah. like lesser known by those artists. But maybe that actually makes them more special because they're part of their body of work that are not super well known. And, you know, they, they took more risks with them. And I don't know.
2: So that's. Yeah. And that's inter- I mean, I do think that that's interesting. And um, or that, you know, rather than getting a third rate work by, you know, a famous artist, get like a first rate. Work by an artist that's less known. I mean, I think curatorially that would be, I'd rather see that, you mm-hmm. know, like.
1: Um, and I think they're working towards that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but, but yeah. that's
0: like a good idea. Just go to the museum and kind of see what st- stands out to you. You may not know the name, but start there and, yeah, find out more about that person. And yeah. You
2: know,
1: that's how uh, I came across um, Albert Pinkham Ryder.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. His, yeah. his yeah.
1: work. It's like that. Just, I love his work. Amazing, yeah.
2: Um, but you also brought some books. I did. I, br- I brought some um, some uh, catalogs of Vermeer. I was lucky enough to see a Vermeer show in Washington, D.C. at the National Gallery. I can't remember when it was, but it's probably over 10 years ago now. And it was like this amazing... I don't know if they'll ever be able to do it again, but they put together like... I don't know, what did he make? Like 45 paintings that are still in existence, and they had like 30 of them or something. Mm-hmm. And again, he'd never been someone that I... I loved or was influenced by but seeing these these works in person like you made reference to that earlier uh that Hockney said that um they were just these perfect paintings and they were so um beautiful full of light um and just kind of geometrically uh anyone who's who's got a great sense of composition I really respect because that's something I'm so I feel so weak at but then also the, again, the sense of intimacy, these these interiors, the sense of um, these these people inhabiting his. <laughs> Stop, Edie. Edie. Stop. Edie's scratching. Here, Edie stretching. Edie. Edie. Edie, don't Edie you like Vermeer? Come
0: here. She's like, I have an opinion about it. She does.
2: Um, there aren't enough dogs in Vermeer paintings. I, I do think it's <gasps> definitely a problem. I think every painting should have a dog <laughs> in it. <laughs> but anyways, I, I you know. Learning a little bit about what was happening in the Netherlands at that time, it, it is kind of this time where people are thinking more about um, individual psychology and uh, individual people's interior lives. And so I, I feel like he really captured that sense of these people doing really ordinary activities, um, making lace or pouring you know, a jug of milk or writing a letter or something, um, and and yet those moments are so beautiful and they're so like um, they're just they're amazing. Did you guys see there was a movie? Um, I can't remember the name of the movie now, but it was um, it was a movie something Sense of Life or I can't remember. But it was all about um, it was with Brad Pitt and Sean no not Brad Pitt Sean Penn was in it and um, it was it was this really interesting film that. Um, was it was like three segments of a person's life, and um, I think yeah, I think Brad Pitt was one of the one of the guys. So it's like him growing up as a, as a teenager and his family, and then him as an adult, and then him as an old person. And at the end, like all these different threads are drawn together. they literally on a beach, and he's 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 there with his father. He's there with his family. The reason I'm bringing it up is like is this idea that this any average moment of your life can be this incredibly beautiful thing if you just look at it through a different lens right like just making breakfast for your kid with the sun shining in on a beautiful day and you're just you know you're just there and um you know that's the kind of uh, moment I think Vermeer captures a lot in his work it's just these 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 moments of quiet repose or contemplation or activity that are just humane and and, and um, profound
3: is it because there's there's something personal there like something you can relate to even though it was like a different time but that some of these activities pouring milk or whatever it's like we can still relate to it and that these are actually people and
2: yeah i mean I, there's definitely there's definitely that part um and then i think also as a painter he was so generous i mean there was something very um the light and the and the color and the garments and the patterns. And, you know, I think everything was, he was really meticulous about putting together these compositions and these, these paintings. Um, and, you know, someone, I think really interested in, in, in making these paintings like better than they had to be mm-hmm. just cause he was really invested in, in making, um, uh, these paintings, like all the all the, you know, tricks of the trade like right, like color, light, composition, gesture, the touch. Pattern next Pattern, to something just yeah. more flat. I mean just um like talk about a master.
1: Mm-hmm. master. Yeah, and everything in the compositions is really
2: purposeful and, and yeah,
1: I like that idea that it that it's just a quiet moment, a universal quiet timeless quiet moment. Not eat. necessarily posed, just like an yeah. everyday. Nothing, no huge like. It's not like um, you know those historical paintings where they're like yeah, posed. slay slain <laughs> a dragon. Right, right. It's right. not like these giant gestures. They're just quiet, small mm-hmm. gestures. It does point to it makes me think differently about my day. Yeah, yeah,
2: and these definitely have. I mean, there's there's symbolism there, and there's there's a lot of like I think biblical references, but they're they're kind of subsumed. I I kind of feel like they're um the sim- symbolism that's in these is something that I'm less interested in, then I think he found a way to hit that part of these of these paintings because that's what his audience and that that's what was important. But I think he transcended that by focusing on real people in real space doing everyday, ordinary activities. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank thanks you for, for sharing,
1: sharing
0: that. So what's your dream project? If you haven't already... Begun it or done it or,
2: I I don't think I have a dream project so much as I wish I just had um, sort of unlimited time, space, money to just continue exploring painting. Um, I feel like I'm in, in a good place now with 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 my work. I I, I'm, I feel like I'm getting closer to what I I want to do in in um, within painting. Yeah, I don't, I don't have like a big ambitious you know, wanting to paint the ceiling for, you know, the Sistine Chapel or something like that. It's more being able to continue to, to grow and learn as a, as a painter. You know, the challenge I think is having time, space, uh, the money and, um, and venue. So maybe that's the thing is like the, the dream would be to, you know, have a, you know, a big venue of a lot of these paintings um, that aren't just for the art world that, that, um, regular people could come and, and spend time, you know, have couches in front of every painting. Oh my gosh! So that would be that would be something. That you would could be rent fun. an
1: airplane hangar.
2: Yeah. And we could uh-huh. all just hang yeah. out, like yeah. re- one
1: of those really hot days in the summer, <laughs> just like hang out, not Whatever. worry about where yeah. paint gets. Just yeah. But if it's a dream project, then yeah, it yeah. would be yeah. a museum, yeah. Yeah. a museum, yeah, I a I museum should, I, or something. I, I should be
2: more ambitious couches. about yeah, couches and food. You know, no yeah. TV, no no um probably no music no no distractions just like couches food drink people hanging out what
1: kind of food pain. what kind of drink like
2: um you know whatever whatever people want like not not chips and salsa maybe but you know like like nice nicer not like heavy food or whatever but like i guess finger food okay uh, and like
1: <laughs> christopher has a
3: suggestion wine. i think okay no There's- i was just gonna oh. say how long is it gonna take you to pick out that couch <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, I know. No, else, I. Else
1: that's that. what that's
0: why there'll be tons of couches. <laughs> right. All the couches you order. Couches. Yeah. I was thinking like it'd be a place where you just dream of a food you want and it appears. Oh yeah. Throw that into Even the better. mix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. that'd be a cool place.
1: I like that. I like yeah. that you're putting couches next to your paintings too. Yeah.
0: Well,
2: in, in front of them, not like or, you know, like yeah. not under them. No, no, like, no. So, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> None of those
1: benches that they have in the museum, but like yeah. real com- couch, right? A comfortable, comfortable couch, or, or maybe a lazy boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really yeah. Really Love
2: probably. seats, you know, ottomans. Yeah, so.
1: like beanbag chairs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. lava <laughs> no, lava <laughs> lamps. I right
2: there, say. Never painted a beanbag chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get a special section with lava lamps. Yeah, <laughs> totally
1: rad. You
0: you deal mainly in in oil and acrylic. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any other media art you like to dabble in?
2: You know it's it's interesting. I kind of have honed into this thing, and maybe it's too narrow. But i um, I've done like some some gouache and some watercolor and um, drawing. I really, um, I mean, there's drawing in the painting, but but as you know, I used to, to draw in charcoal uh, much more, but I would say the last 10 years, I've really just, because I, I don't have unlimited time, it's really been, when I, when I have time, it's either making or prepping or, or, or do, doing the paintings. It's not a drawing practice at all anymore.
1: I could see that, because I, like, um, I feel like whenever I draw and then paint, um, I've already worked out so much in the drawing. Yeah. The the paintings kind of they lose something maybe. And, and in your in your paintings I feel I feel that you're exploring and learning yeah. every step of the way. And so they almost feel like the, the preliminary sketches are in in the painting too. It's,
2: yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. I think that's that's right.
1: Uh, do you want to answer number 10? <laughs> Does it feel right?
2: What? It, what?
1: What's what what your super superpower? <laughs> do you or it could skip oh, it. Oh gosh. Um
2: I feel like I'm, you know, for a person that's supposed to be creative, I'm so uncreative when I think about... It. Well, maybe that gives me a chance to talk about a new job that I'm moving into that I'm really excited about. Ooh. I'm going to be... Um, starting actually tomorrow will be my first day as executive director of Alberta Abbey, which is a nonprofit art space, art and event space in on Alberta Street just west of MLK, oh, in the great. Alberta district, art district. So superpower I would have well, uh, I may have a little bit of it, is, is programming, like creating more opportunities for more artists and kind of creating community and connection around the arts, because I think it's um, something that a lot of us in Portland are worried about with the increasing gentrification and changing demographics of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my superpower. would be to have enough money to uh, fund more artists, hear from different voices that we're not hearing, um, and to create the space and the time and maybe the value system around why art is important to our lives. Uh, I mean it's there, but but to create more of that sense of everybody, like why is art important to people that aren't artists? Yeah, you know because I think, I think it really offers different perspectives and it offers us a different way to think about our lives and about what's important
1: mm-hmm. That's a great answer to that question. Yeah. Cause I feel like um having a superpower you can handle it. But because we don't have superpowers you have to work with people and that's exactly what you want to do yeah. anyway, right? Yeah. It's community. Yeah. So so you'll totally that's that's really great. That's awesome. That's congratulations. Cool. Yeah,
0: congratulations. I want to check that
2: out. Yeah, yeah, come, me too. Come yeah. visit and we like I said, we've got um there'll be programming opportunities and there's a cafe with not great it's not a great space for wall art. But yeah. For small pieces, yeah.
1: Very cool. Is there anything else that's coming up that you want to talk about?
2: I took a little time off in the winter. We, we, we moved last year, and so setting up a new studio that, that you've seen, mm-hmm. um, Kendra, it's, it's taken me a while to kind of get my feet underneath me, but now I feel like I'm, I'm starting to hit a good rhythm in the studio, so I'm really excited for the next few months about, um, before it gets really cold again, trying to, to have some new paintings available.
1: Great, that's awesome. And this n- new job will allow you to have time to.
0: No, to it probably. Oh, oh, okay.
2: But I think. Um, so just um, stop sleeping. You'll be okay. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
3: exactly.
0: There's your superpower: the ability <laughs> to never have to sleep.
3: <laughs> that's that a really a good, good one. Yeah. Yeah. Can you describe like your ritual in the studio? If you were to describe your day mm-hmm. in the studio, if you had a full day, or maybe you just have an hour, like what does it look
2: like? Yeah, I've become pretty um, efficient in the studio after you know doing it for for years. And um, what I will usually do is um, I'm, I'm better later in the day. I've had practice before when I when I would wake up really early and get to the studio before going to work, and that was that was good. But now um, it's probably either after work or on a weekend, later in the afternoon or in the evening, and going there. And sometimes it's it's different, but sometimes it's, it's, it's prepping or doing some like physical, you know, taping the edges of a, a painting before it's ready to go or, or priming something or, um, some activity before I get into the, the actual physical, uh, painting. Um, but once, and I, I don't work, I can't, when I was in grad school, I used to be able to work for, you know, eight hours or sometimes 10 hours a, at a time with breaks. And now I feel like if I can be really productive, uh, if I have a really productive session, it's two or three hours max and often less than that. Like some of the best painting I feel like I've been doing in the last year has been, you know, a burst of an hour and a half. And I kind of time it by like how long the music that I'm listening to is, right? So like, you know, two Radiohead um, albums is probably like three hours or something, maybe less than that. And that's, you know, that's that's a good session because after that I start to get tired, I get sloppy, I lose focus. And, you know, when you look at something for so long, you just you can't see it anymore. Yeah. So that's a good time for me to stop. And are you just working on one painting or are you switching between? I'm multiple? switching. I'm switching. Yeah. You know, if it's a new painting, then that usually has my full attention. But, um, you know, there's often l- going back to two or three paintings that are in process and figuring out like, you know this there's the this edge of the painting that it's not working and then I, I work on that for a while um, and switching back and forth is, has been pretty pretty good for me.
1: I know I've been to your studio but do you have a lot of studio visits do you or do you solicit any um, input from anybody?
2: Not so much although the the crit group that that you invited me to has been great I think that that's been uh, really productive and Victor Maldonado is probably going to come to my studio a little bit. So just there's a few people that I I trust and who are generous enough to do studio visits. And so probably three or four at the most. And then, you know, my wife's an artist. So um, and she she's very um, opinionated and uh, no doesn't hold any punches. So she, you know, she she'll give me a good She'll give me the straight shot.
1: I was just going to say, I had a studio visit with Christopher the other day, and he did the same thing. He <laughs> just like, bam, bam, bam. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And I feel like Martha's the yeah, same, she doesn't hide. Yeah, yeah no.
2: <laughs> that's not working. Why are you doing that? Uh, this doesn't make any sense, you know, uh, which is it, You're so lucky to have that. <laughs> Sometimes so it doesn't really feel like <laughs> <it> lucky, <laughs> but yeah. Do you like is there anything you like about it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Should <I> stop painting? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh. <laughs> but you know, I, I mean you know this after you've you've been doing it for a really long time, having someone that that either doesn't know your process or um isn't maybe into the, the same painterly values as you are is not necessarily going to be a a useful critique. So not that, not that, you know, a fresh perspective is always great, but I think, um, I don't need a lot of, um, outside feedback to continue and to, like, I kind of know what I like about my work and what I, and what I don't. Mm-hmm.
1: That makes sense. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you guys. It's <laughs> been, uh, it's been fun.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you. Thanks.
0: That's been Art gab. We never have a a finishing We need a catchphrase. Do you want to help us with a catchphrase? Oh. Um, Oh, I feel like you'd have a good one. Art gab out. By Art. (laughs) By Art. Larson out. Because we're both Larson. 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 (laughs) (laughs) That
3: was the gab. Yeah, that's good. That's good.
2: Thanks for gabbing with us.
0: Our nice gabbing with you.